Coming to you pre-recorded from a cramped closet in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a New York City apartment far too close to the street. It's your favorite millennials with too much time on their hands. Welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Red Team Reviews Podcast, where we want to be the very best and go fast. Yes, I got both Rolling of them in one. around at the speed of sound. <laughs> you go, gotta follow my rainbow. Rolling around at the speed of sound. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Why that wasn't in the movie, I don't know. Look, there's a lot of... We'll, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> especially, especially if in the sequel when Knuckles is around, because all of the Knuckles levels in uh, Adventure, uh, Sonic Adventure 2 are rap. And so I wonder if they're going to do that. I mean, it, they did cast a black man. Pumpkin um, Hill! <laughs> God, Pumpkin Hill. All right, cool. So now we're in the video games that we that we definitely really like this week. He's TJ Patrick. I'm Trevor Catalano. No, I had a thing, damn you! <laughs> the voice you're currently ahead. listening to now, the voice, this voice belongs to me. I am joined by the blue to my red, the Gary Oak to my Ash Ketchum. Is, does that mean you're going to defeat me at some point? That means Trevor you're an Carolina. asshole. <laughs> oh, please. I think although I mean, on the podcast. I mean, actually, let's let's, let's I mean, actually, when we do when we actually do comparisons, like in terms of like, oh, overall privilege that I walk around the world with. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Although yeah, in terms women, of the women podcast. being women being <laughs> women being attracted to me at the level that they are, Gary, I don't know. Um, oh yeah, because that's definitely me. Sure, right. Um, but also, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's for neither of us. <laughs> but I've also I would also say in terms of just the podcast, maybe I'm more Gary. <laughs> but I think I would be the Sonic, and you'd be you'd be a weird combination of tails and knuckles. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that that tracks. Shadow. No, 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 no. You're shy. That's right. <laughs> I have to be shadow. <laughs> cool. God. So we're talking about uh, very, very uh, targeted, uh, targeted at um, children uh, versions of uh, video game movies. So last week we talked about two bizarre movies from the 90s that basically like were a one-two punch of awful and were aimed at adults question mark and it was all very odd and baffling and weird if you haven't heard that episode go up go back and check it out but this time yeah like trev said these are definitely actually aimed towards kids this time just ignore the initial trailer for the sonic movie and <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... we don't speak we don't speak of the we don't speak of the teeth, except the part where we will definitely speak of that in like five minutes. <laughs> oh God! But uh, yes, today we yeah, are talking relatively new, relatively new, relatively movies. new. I mean, yeah, Sonic is actually. I know we're gonna get to it in like a minute, but like Sonic is actually the movie I saw right before 
the world caught on fire. It is the last movie I saw in theaters was fucking Sonic. Well, it's it's funny because like when you look at the when you like look at the data of like or like you make comparisons of like what movies did the best in 2020. It's like it's Birds of Prey and Sonic because nothing else was in theaters. No. <laughs> I mean, I think Onward came out also, but yeah, Birds of Prey and Sonic yeah. were yeah, unfortunately. Um, onward did not have. I don't think. Good I don't marketing. think. Birds of Prey. We we got to talk about Birds of Prey at some point because Birds of Prey is a fantastic movie. We um, will get to the DCEU at some point. Get let's, off. Let's 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 get back on topic, <laughs> uh, which is my fault. All right. Um. So yes, today we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog the movie, and God, it's so weird that I can say that and not have to go. No, the one that came out like a couple years ago, not the other, because like yeah, they actually haven't made a Sonic. That's <laughs> a live action Sonic movie before. This is the first one. And also the first one, Detective Pikachu representing Pokemon, which will come up later. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, we're, 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 we're going to talk about Sonic first. I know we tech, we typically do chronological if there's no real, like, you, we have to do this before that one. But we're kind. I'm kind of bending it a little bit because me and Trevor are actually super into Pokemon, whereas I'm gonna find out whatever Trevor's history with Sonic is in like a couple seconds. But my history with Sonic is exceedingly minimal in that I didn't quite do the originals. I know I played Adventure One and Two. I also think I owned Adventure One and Two, maybe Adventure Two Battle. And Sonic Heroes, and that's it. <laughs> um, so I have a, I have a really, actually, a pretty extensive history with Sonic. Oh boy! Um, I had, I had Sonic for multiple platforms, both Nintendo. Um, I never had it. I never had a dream, uh, you know, Sega, Sega Dreamcast or anything like that. Um. But like the 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 games that would have come out when I was able to like get a hold of games are all the ones I played. Um, so I, I had all the you know Game Boy Advanced ones. I had a DS one at one point, um, and I did have Sonic Adventure Battle two for the GameCube. Which to get my my former roommate because now I don't have roommates anymore. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> my former roommate brought his GameCube from home, and I was like on the hunt at like resell game stores for just like something to play on his gamecube way back and i ended up i ended up finding lego star wars the original lego star wars um which was fun and i was just hunting hunting for sonic adventure battle 2 like our adventure 2 battle however you do it because that game was my life for like a year with me and my friends. We did all like the going through levels a million times to get all like the colored power-ups to to breed our chows so that they would turn like dark or light and like have like swimming or flying powers. Like we did we did every feature of that game to a million. Um which was it just it's a fantastic fun game. And the reason I say that like I never found it is because that game is so rare and expensive now because apparently I was not alone in loving that game as a kid and now everyone wants a copy of it. 
I did research on this. And so I love I love Sonic. Uh, I didn't I don't really like the later games, like basically like after Shadow the Hedgehog, I was kind of like these are getting lower in quality and I'm not really enjoying them as much. And like they're maybe trying to add too much or too little. Um, and so I really haven't played a Sonic game since that has been like either I haven't played them or they haven't been satisfying. So like Sonic had it's OK. You don't really need to. What's, yeah. Sonic had this really cool, really good peak. Um, but now really their only gimmick is every game we're going to introduce new uh, marsupial characters. Um, and then it just it's too big and it doesn't add the same way that like Mario does. So like, you know, um, I like uh, and also Sonic is I can't play him in Smash Bros, but I always get demolished by him. So like, you know, there's that. Um, I love Sonic. I really I was but I was very skeptical about this movie, not just because of the original animation that they had to change, <laughs> but just because like I wasn't sure conceptually that this was going to work. Um, and I, I was definitely not the target audience. You know, I, I think it definitely finds a middle ground between uh, children and parents uh, based on some of the jokes in the movie being more like, you know, parenty jokes and those kinds of things. But can I just say, I truly think this movie was paid for entirely by uh, product placement. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because the sheer <laughs> amount, the sheer amount when she's like, oh, I was just looking on Zillow for houses in San Francisco. I was like, what kid are they advertising <laughs> Zillow to? This is for the parents. And also when they're when literally like on where they're on the phone with each other and they say something about Olive Garden. And then James Marsden goes, yeah, Olive Garden, you know, when you're here, your family. And I'm like. That that is straight up. Somebody paid for that. Somebody paid for you to say their slogan and mention them for a time period in the middle of your conversation. And it happens a bunch in this movie. And so I'm like, they I guarantee you they paid for Sonic with product. Placement. There's one way, only one way that line is in there and it's not product placement. And that's if they're shitting on Olive Garden by being faux nice about it. But they're not. They're not. They're not. It's, it's, it's Sonic. Genuine. <laughs> it's not. This is not a Wayne's World product placement sequence. Like this is genuine. Zillow and Olive Garden paid big bucks, amongst other products, to be in the Sonic movie for parents and so and and I guess Olive Garden kids too. But Zillow, I'm like Zillow, just baffled me. I'm on this. Um, just baffled me. <laughs> I'm sorry, you said Olive Garden kids, and I had this um, immediate thought of, like, like how they did the Burger King kids in the 90s. <laughs> just well, no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the floppy piece of pizza with arms and legs and eyeballs oh on, on the on the Olive Garden kids coloring menu. Because um, there's a whole slew of characters in the Olive Garden kids coloring menu. We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but so so I guess I guess I'll temper it with this. Uh, if you want to do which one, which which plot do you want to do? Um, I'll temper it with this. I I didn't start the movie being for this franchise, and by the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. I'm on board for this movie. So like that's that's my like standpoint with Sonic right now is that I'm like it is what it is, and I didn't think I was gonna like it, and then I got to the end, and I was like. Okay, all right. I'd like to see where you go from here. So, 
I guess I'll take the story for Sonic because God, I don't want to do the story for Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, That's fine. That's fine. So I will preface this with um, I did rewatch Sonic. Like I rewatch all the movies, but I actually kind of rewatched this like maybe a month ago and it was during a group watch, but I figured I'm like, okay, if the group's going to watch this movie, I'm not going to rewatch the rewatch again when I am basically watching, like I'm riffing on it. We're all riffing on it, but like I, I am watching it again. So it's a little old in my mind, but I also... It wasn't that long where I saw it for the first time, so it is still kind of fresh. So here we go. Basically, Sonic. I want to do a. I want to do a quiz on details of all the movies we've watched in the past year of doing this podcast, and then quiz you because you clearly forget everything after you watch it, and I think that'd just be fun for me. I actually, go on. it's not the details that I forget; it's how I feel about the movie that I forget, right. which is weird. What, TJ, what did you say? <laughs> what did you say about Buffy? Or No, that's, that's a bad example. Of course, you're going to remember that. What did, what did you say when we're talking about season one of Friends? Like, you know, going back and being this like, This is the peak of the series. Statements. <laughs> it peaked. You can quote me on that. And we can have one of our only <laughs> listeners be the guest stars. Um... <laughs> And they'll know. Anyway, tell us the plot of Sonic, please. (laughs) All right. So Sonic starts in what we have to assume. What we have no choice but to assume is Green Hill Zone. We have to assume that. We have no other choice. They don't give us another name. So we are now obligated to call that Green Hill Zone. And I will hear nothing else about it, Paramount. Fuck off. So we start off. Sonic is in Green Hill Zone living his best life. And then he's forced to flee using these big, the, using these small rings that he throws. They become big and they become portals to different worlds or dimensions. Cause that's different worlds. I think, I think it's, I think they, I think they slip up. I think they say dimensions early on and then they change it to worlds because in theory, at the end of the movie, Eggman can get back through like space travel. Yeah. So like I, I it's, he's he's more an alien than interdimensional being. Right. Okay. So there are rings that can take you to different worlds. We'll go with that as canon. Um and he of course, of course, comes to Earth. And he lives in secret and watches not creepily at all over this city of um Green Hills. Green Hill. Oh, oh wait. You didn't put that together. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. no. I know it's Green Hills, but I'm like, oh, does that mean we can't call the other place Green Hills? Though? <laughs> because I'm go- I'm gonna, because I'm gonna until they tell me a better answer. Uh, Sega, you have 24 hours to respond. <laughs> um, but yes, he watches over the city of Green Hills. Ha ha, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, which is in Montana. Yes? Yes. Because it becomes plot appropriate, but they don't really keep up with it um uh-huh. so he mainly likes this one couple which again isn't weird it's not weird it's totally not weird so he mainly watches this young couple as they go about their day and night it's not weird um 
That couple being James Marsden, who is James Marsden. His name doesn't matter. Um, who is a cop because of course it fucking was in 2020. Yeah, I was like, I immediately when they introduced him as a cop, I was like, I don't trust him. <laughs> but don't this worry, he's one of the good ones. His family has been cops for generations, and that does not fuck with someone's mind at all. Oh, boy. <laughs> a generational good cop. Mm. And he wants to be a cop in a bigger city so he can prove himself. Uh, that's the more it's it's so passed off as like, uh, oh, hey, yeah, prove yourself. Be a good guy. When it's like anytime a cop is generational and wants to prove themselves, it's always going to turn out badly. <laughs> mm. It's going to be an interesting day once we fatefully we, have to talk and, about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, and yeah, sorry sorry if you're a cop and listen to this and never knew our opinions up until this point. Like, sorry, bud. Um, you know, we are, we are Blame the <laughs> not system. on your side of the spectrum. Um, anyway, moving on from Blame the system. Mars, we didn't, Mars we, we didn't make the system. Yeah, Mars cop. I certainly didn't make the system. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to get that one in there. So, Sonic... Eventually, well, he has an episode one day. Let's call let's let's just let's call it that. He has an episode one day where he thinks a little bit too hard about his existence and how he's always alone and he gets real emotional about it and he causes a huge blackout and it gets the attention of the military and the higher ups and the government and they have no choice but to call in him and they go you don't mean and they go yes and it turns out to be jim carrey oh no uh (laughs) it is jim carrey it's barely robotic it's it's jim carrey uh (laughs) what a world (laughs) where your only course of action is to call in jim carrey to to riff (laughs) but um so sonic then tries to take refuge slash run away in James Marsden's garage. James Marsden finds him, tranks him, because, yeah, because he was... It's Montana. He thought it was a raccoon, and he was getting his trank gun to scare the raccoon. He wasn't actually going to shoot it, and it's just a lot... It's a lot of steps to get to... I know he's a cop, but he's not going to shoot Sonic. Please don't think that. <laughs> you're very you're very early in this movie. I know, so because I everything afterwards up. everything afterwards is just every movie with this premise, which is yeah. live action animated CG character coupled with white guy in this case and in some other cases, James Marsden, have to go on an adventure to do a thing while they're chased by canonical source material villain. That's basically it. Like, Robotnik goes after them. James Marsden feels bad about tranking Sonic. Oh, this is actually plot relevant. He tranks Sonic accidentally, because please don't think that a cop would purposefully shoot anyone. Um, He tranks Sonic. Sonic drops the ring he was holding, opens up a portal to San Francisco, and then the rest of the rings drop on a tall building in San Francisco, which means they like now... The, the building the building you're thinking of. <laughs> I mean, I've never been to San Francisco, so I have no idea. 
Yeah, that's it. Whatever people think is a tall building in San Francisco that's not the bridge, that's the building you're thinking of where they drop the coin. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then the chase is on slash the road trip is on because sometimes they treat it like it's this thing of like we have to race against time and sometimes they can fuck around in a bar for a little bit and it doesn't really matter. So Yeah, like a long sequence. It's a very long sequence. <laughs> it's fun. I enjoyed it. It's long. It's 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 long enough for you to notice because there's not right. really a B plot. No, not at all. So you are really kind of stuck in this one story and so when you do have a slightly longer than average se- like sequence, it you feel it because you can't really cut away to much else cuz like Robotnik stuff is related to them and they don't really cut to his wife, his partner, um, until, like, a little bit later. Not really. So, yeah, you're kind of stuck with this, and no matter how you feel about it. Um, and then, yeah, they meet up with... I should mention his wife is black because it's relevant, because she has a sassy black sister who hates James Marsden. And I just... I have so much patience. (laughs) I have so much patience. You people may not think I do, but I do. I put up with a lot. And when I got to sassy black sister who disapproves of the union, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know Sonic was a thing in the 90s, but this movie was not made in the 90s. Why is this? Why has this token character been dug up from stereotype crypt and dragged and marionetted into this movie. Nobody asked for this. This is Sonic. Why do we need... And it's also also worth noting that, like, the wife is, like, you know, stereotypically, like, fit body, and the sister is stereotypically, like, fuller body. And so, like, yeah. That being said, the performance given by the actor and the delivery of some of those lines... Good for what it was. Shouldn't have been there, but, you know, (laughs) was funny at times. So then little girl gives Sonic some Nikes, but they're not Nikes, but they're basically Nikes. And they have a big final battle. That's the movie. Yeah, they get to they get to San Francisco. They sneak their way up to the top of the building. They get the get the coins and then it ends up warping them all back to Green Hill where Sonic confronts Eggman or Robotnik. He's not truly Eggman yet. Um, I mean, it just depends on where you what nation is talking about him. (laughs) Yeah, I literally had to do a double check because I was like. When you when you first said Robotnik, I didn't even think about this in the movie. And when you first said Robotnik in the summary, I was like, wait, isn't his name Dr. Eggman? Are those two different things? Am I thinking of Dr. Wily from Mega Man? No, I'm not. <laughs> and then I Googled it. It's the same character. They just Eggman is a is a nickname that then just sticks. Anyway, well, no, yeah, I think, so that's what that's the plot. <laughs> I think Eggman is the original name. But Amer- for America, they're like, well, we can't call him Eggman. We have to call him like Robotnik, which is a much more much a name you can definitely take more seriously. I guess. And I'm like, Whatever. you so, really think so little of us Americans. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. So anyway, this, uh, this movie, this movie is tropey as fuck. 
Um, which I think is my biggest complaint about it is that it's just like, if there is a trope, and that's the thing about like when you get into like contemporary kids movies, contemporary kids movies are tropey as fuck because it's an easy way to give kids like that, like media literacy. Um, and also like to make it slightly like to give parents as like a slightly thing to chuckle at. Like they start the movie in the middle of like the rising action chase scene with Sonic and Robotnik. And then they do the freeze frame and be like, you're wondering how I got here. And then they go back to the beginning. And I was just like, of course they start with this. Which they really, there was no reason to do that. No, we could have just started. We could have, like, like, it was bound to start with a voiceover. Like, I'm Sonic. Here's who I am. Um, It was bound to start with that no matter what. You just, that's just the way the movie kind of is laid out. And, like, that's kind of what Ben Schwartz brings to the role. And I love Ben Schwartz. Um, And then they also, like, I really don't like it when kids' movies overgeneralize. And they say, like, you have a power, Sonic. You have the power, Sonic. And I'm like, you could be you could be a little more specific. We have terms for this. It's like chaos emeralds and stuff. Like, there's terms for like what Sonic can do. And they're not that complicated. In fact, they're pretty simple in the game. So like, I don't know why you have to just generically be like, you have a power. I'm like, that's that's annoying. And now you're not gonna like help him use it. It's always So then he's just gonna be generic. It's always the simplest premises that they just can't help themselves they're like well we can't have a simple premise it has to be a two-hour movie let's complicate the shit out of this and i'm like right no (laughs) like game Um, games are way longer than two hours and they they can survive you can too (laughs) right i do find it funny that his next option for if he ever has to leave earth is the mushroom world i found that funny I found that as a nice, fair dig at their competitor, um, who I guess kind of owns them now. Um, like, you can't get Sonic games. I mean, you can get Sonic games for like PlayStation, but, like, Sega pretty much is under Nintendo's thumb. I mean, that joke is funny the first time everyone hears it. And then, for me personally, it was just like, oh, so you're oh, so you're going to keep making the... Oh, okay. All right. I mean, fine. I don't like have a problem with it, but I'm also just like, I mean, you really don't have to like keep bringing it up. It's it's okay. It's okay. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Like that's that's the tone I have a lot of times with movies like this when they can't when they because it's a feeling of like they're insecure about the joke, so they kind of need to really kind of like make sure that you that you get it and that you laugh, and they're gonna milk that laugh because they're not quite sure. If their target demographic thinks it's funny, but they know adults will at least get it, so they're like, right? Uh, and I'm like, okay, 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 sweetie. It would have been funnier if maybe they <laughs> threw a jingle. You know how it could have been funny is if they approached it like triple mint gum in Inside Out. Yeah, that would have made it funny, but they didn't like go quite far enough. But like in terms of like the humor of the movie. It's really, honestly, with, with, like, Sonic's quips and stuff like that, it's really just Deadpool for kids at that point. Like, he wakes up from his accident after the after the highway chase scene, and he goes, is the Rock president? Which, at the time, would have been kind of funny. Um, <laughs> early 2020, before we knew. Um, and, like, yeah, little things like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, he's just making little quips and things all over the place that, that some of them are funny, some of them aren't. 
Oh. Why do both of these movies try to be Deadpool? <laughs> well, one has Ryan Reynolds in it. Which, as, which you think as, would make it you know, better. A character. But... <laughs> anyway. Um, the one, uh, so like my, my, my only kind of three notes, is like, it's like one thing about Robotnik and one thing about like Sonic and James Marston's arc that I had like notes on. And then after that, it's really just like, you know what? You got me through all this and I chuckled at moments and I didn't take it too seriously. And like, I, I think it sticks the landing in the end. So like I, when the whole like Sonic getting mad at him from moving to San Francisco and being like, how dare you leave Green Hills? The only place I know. I'm like, this is lame. You could have earned their conflict so much more because James Marsden has every reason to try to get out of this situation. He's labeled as a terrorist. It makes sense that he can just be like, look, I got I got to leave. I can't I can't be doing this and like try to ditch him. And then Sonic can go, oh, it's fine. I guess I'm always alone. And like, how dare you or or be like, how dare you? And like that would create better conflict and better moments for James Marsden to reconsider. But it's but like they do this whole like hometown wholesomeness thing where I'm just like, I don't need that. That's not that's not as strong as you think it is. You know what? I'm no, you keep going. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like it when you do this. I don't I don't like it when you it's do this. It's because you have I I sometimes do this because you have specific things and I have broad things. So it's like All right. I'm going to take you away from your things. Um but yeah, I I liked the chase um with Robotnik in San Francisco. It was just over an hour into the movie. So it was like, it was exciting. I was just like, ah, damn, where the fuck was this the whole time? I could have taken three of these in the movie and it would have probably kept me like more interested the whole entire time. Um, And I actually think that like Jim Carrey, even though he's just being Jim Carrey, um, I actually think that he does a really good job of actually kind of being a threat and being menacing. Um, And it kind of just grows as the movie grows goes along it like at first you're like i'm not sure i should take him seriously maybe he's supposed to be a buffoony kind of villain and then by the time you kind of get to like him using the robots and the drones like the drones are actually like a little bit scary um not in like a you know horror movie-ish way but just like a, oh this is kind of foreboding and i'm actually concerned about the characters for a moment and then you also get a moment where he's in his lab with the music in the background dancing around his like construction of everything plan and i was just like this is exquisite this is my favorite part of the movie i i want to i would watch this for however long it lasts and then when (laughs) and just the with the delivery on when agent stone comes in um with the latte and he's like "I'm, i'm not sure you 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 would want the latte and still completely in mad scientist mode jim carrey's like how dare you of course i want the latte i love the way you make them and i'm just like that's i like i liked that i liked that a lot but yeah i you know i thought the sister had some funny lines when she was when she was like uh, when they were wondering what was when sonic was rolled up in a blanket and the sister's wondering what he has in his hands and she's she's like is that is that a nuke is it emails and i was like that's kind of funny um and when she's when she tells her daughter when she's li- when she's tied up to be like, honey, put on my Fitbit, like just get some steps in for me. Um, 
I, I thought Crazy Carl's payoff was kind of good when they're back in town and Crazy Carl's like, yes, the Blue Devil, which everyone can now clearly see that I didn't make up and it's really there. I thought that was funny. Um, I thought the elevator sequence was kind of funny, although a little probably a little too mature for this movie. And they didn't really, you know, they definitely leaned into like, we're joking. We're joking about children kidnapping. We're joking. But overall, I thought it was kind of funny. And then, yeah, I think at the end, the shots, a lot of the shots in the final showdown with Robotnik's jet versus Sonic were pretty cool. I liked seeing Sonic glow in, uh, in opposition to Robotnik. I also like, I also like that Robotnik got his hands on a quill and then like used it to supercharge his stuff. I think that that's actually a really good way for the villain to like get more menacing towards the end of the film. And I thought that was a good build. But like when you see Sonic in his goggles and he's just smiling, waiting for the showdown. And I'm like, and then when Sonic's staring down the jet, I was like, these are actually like good shots. I actually kind of liked the way they handled this. And then he beats him by turning into a ball and bombarding him with energy and, and like himself, which is exactly how you beat bosses in the game, which is why I was like, yes, they could have gone so many weird ways with this, with like holding hands out and shooting like, no, they actually like were true to the gameplay and the character of Sonic and how he handles this by having him do the whole ricochet maneuver. And I really liked that. And then literally my last note is I liked the eight bit recap of the movie um, in the credits. But over, overall, that's literally every single one of my notes. I was one over in the end, despite the tropes and everything, because now I'm kind of like, all right, well, I enjoyed enough of it to where I'd like to see Sonic again. I'd like to see they tease Tails in a post credit scene, which I like, and they're announcing Knuckles. And so I'm like, I would actually like to see how Sonic then thrives as his world gets built out. Um, I hope it doesn't become a Transformers thing where they still have to spend a shit ton of time with the humans. But I am looking forward to the sequel, honestly. So now it's your turn. So you basically started knocking on the door of my main issue right at the end there. <laughs> Is that we didn't get um, really invested till the end? My main, my main issue is that, look, my main issue with this entire movie, the actual movie itself, not on a meta level, because I'll discuss the meta thing about this movie like afterwards but like my main thing with the actual movie is just that it is just the a hundred percent the wrong premise i just don't know why they need to do this premise with sonic because it get it feels like smurfs it feels like hop it feels like every other of these movies that just oh stranger from a strange land and you know hang out with this normal white dude trademark and it's just, I don't, it has nothing to do with Sonic, which is why I'm like, okay, this could have been anyone. This literally could have been anyone. Like, honestly, you could, you could, if you wanted to, for some reason, have Mickey Mouse stumble into our real world. Ooh. And he has to like pal around with fucking Chris Pratt, God. And just, you know, figure out how to get back to the Toon Dimension. Like, yeah, yeah, you could do that with just anyone. I don't know why, when you have all of Sonic, you have all the capabilities that Sonic brings. You have all the different worlds and flavors and characters, and it's just like, nah, let's dump him in Montana. And it's just like, I mean, yeah, because you also said before of just like, yeah, by the time the huge battle starts, it's like an hour into the movie and like 
they have one other chase in the when they're on we're on the well when they're on the road and it's like but there's no reason you couldn't have just made these more of the movie cuz like Sonic is fun and colorful and bright and goofy but it's also a fucking action series like yeah the, the irony is that of the two movies that we're going to talk about today I think that like Detective Pikachu gets to be a little bit more mature when like the actual origins of Sonic were that like Sonic was marketed to teenagers because Mario was marketed to kids. And that's that was Sega's whole pitch was like he's spiky, he's fast, he's like extreme, he's cool in the 90s. And like that's what we got it. And now it's like a complete flip flop where it's like Sonic is now like very baseline. I mean, given video games have come a long way and it's very much way more violence um, for the teen demographic than before and the cartoons are a little more reserved for everyone i wouldn't just say just kids but yeah that makes total sense like you know sonic can be a little bit more mature even i mean hell i think even the the cartoon is a little bit more mature um in the way that like it structures its jokes and like sonic especially at the end when they give him his like his loft sonic definitely feels like the child looking for a family when that's not necessarily who sonic is he's a little bit more independent and like more of a teenager and it definitely when they kind of adopt him and when he's longing for a family it's like oh yeah he's when when you could have shot for him to be more like 14 you made him like 11 look kids sonic knows how to do the floss okay see now you're getting pedantic that's Um, not but how dare you how dare you? You are. We watched the same scene of Sonic flossing purely to capitalize on a child demographic who's been swarmed with Fortnite bullshit. You can't. You cannot call me pedantic for getting upset because, like, look, it's one thing for Sonic to do a bunch of dances. That's not the issue. The issue is the marketing. If we're going to get upset about the Zillow bullshit, we have to now also get upset about the fucking floss because that's the same thing. (laughs) But, but... To a credit to the one we're going to talk about next, Detective Pikachu has, like, no product placement and none of our cultural references, more or less. And so, unless it comes out of Ryan Reynolds' mouth. Um, But the world itself is not, like, structured around that. And that's actually, like, I think a big pro for Detective Pikachu is that it's, like, it got to be its own world. We'll get to that. Oh, Um, my goodness. (laughs) I'm very much, like, chill Trevor today. I'm very much just like, these movies are going to be what they're going to be. I enjoy watching them. And that's what it's going to be. Um, and I'm not going to get too upset about it. Um, that's fine. You can enjoy I would never, because I have every now and again been accused of, like, trying to police what people can like. And I'm like, that's never been what I've been about. Yeah, that's, I know, I know, I know, I know. We don't have to do the whole monologue in this one. You can no, cite no, episodes. Uh, you can cite episodes 12, uh, 24, 36, um, uh, Oh, I think it's a little bit in episode nine. Um, I'm making fun of you for how often you do that rant. Um, <laughs> Why do you feel the need to make fun of me at all? <laughs> oh, but I'm sorry. Finish your notes on Sonic and then we can move on to Pikachu because I'm done. <laughs> I mean, it's just a typical movie. And so the meta narrative around yeah, this it is movie, really typical. You're right. 
the meta narrative around the movie, which I alluded to earlier, is that like, okay, yeah, I have a main issue with the actual movie. The issue I have with the meta narrative is that, oh no, you can no longer say there's been no good video game movie. Sonic was a good video game movie. And I'm like, let's be careful of our wording here. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic was <laughs> adequate as a movie and as a video game representation. Like, if you're saying that Sonic has so far been the most cohesive, I don't want to flush my head down a toilet experience of video game movie, like, in the sense of, well, it's not Super Mario fucking brothers. Well, then, sure, we can all agree on that. But people are like, no, even for a video game movie or even for a kid's movie, it's good. And I'm like, somebody needs to go watch the entire filmography of Pixar again before they say this is a good kid's movie. Fuck off. No. <laughs> like, because this is my this is why I always get into the whole, like... This is why I am the way I am, basically, is because I'm like, our standards are kind of fucking important here. Like, yeah, Sonic is not offensive, but why is that what we want? Why should we not want a good Sonic movie instead of one that doesn't piss majority of viewers off? Like, what? Since when did our standards... Well, we almost had that, and then they redid it. (laughs) Uh, oh, with the original design, <laughs> right? We see, we keep seem, keep t- seeming to forget that that was almost what we got, which would have made it tank immediately. Which is why, like, th- that's also like... A, a conversation for a later date of like how much fans should have an impact on. We'll probably talk about it with Star Wars. Oof. How much fans should have an impact over the product of a movie? And I think that, like, as much as I'm like, mm, you maybe shouldn't like bully developers who work really hard to make whatever they is they make into changing something for your preference in this case it's actually kind of justified because your movie would have tanked you actually should have put the more money in um and i think you would have you know i think you see the result of hey more people saw this because your character wasn't like offensive to the eye um and i think that that's like one instance where it's like this was a good choice on your part to change this this is honestly the biggest difference between watching adaptations in these modern times versus like an adaptation from like the nineties where yeah, you could just fuck around and find out and get super Mario brothers randomly and just go, Oh, well, let's just not speak about it again. And then, but now it's like one trailer comes out and everyone's like, no, 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 no. Well, it's also clear. It's like these, well, this stuff is also built on franchising. Like there's no world in which Sonic wasn't going to have a sequel. It it would have had to ferociously bomb. If it it had that original design, I doubt it. (laughs) Yeah, I doubt it. But like, but like once they redid the design, it was destined to have a sequel. Like, and so like this stuff is built on franchises. So yeah, like. In the 90s, yeah, you can just say, ah, we messed up, we're not going to talk about it. But, like, everything's built on franchises now, so, like, to to not take that time to, like, really craft that out and, and work that out is is important. Um, you know, you you got to do it, or else you're, you're basically wasting money. Um, especially with Hollywood not wanting to take risks on anything. Which is, I, mm, is a whole other topic of conversation, because fuck... Um, 
but before we move on, because I'm getting that feeling in the soles of my feet that you're itching. Um, <laughs> Wait, uh, when you let me do all my notes at once, that's what happens. <laughs> um, real quick, because of the time we're recording this, I feel like we should touch on the recent development then, uh, which is Idris. Yes, he's going to play Knuckles. Knuckles. feel like they're going to try to make him the mature one. I mean, fair. If you're going to... Oh, oh, that reminds me. I do, there is one more thing I need to talk about. Mm, write this shit down, buddy. Oh, boy. Well, I don't need to write this one down because it's a big one. I really don't like the voice of Sonic in this movie. You don't like Ben Schwartz? I have no opinion on Ben Schwartz. I don't like the voice of Sonic in this movie. That's really interesting. I'm curious. I It just doesn't fit for me. It's like... It's, it's a little... It feels... Sanitized isn't the right word, but it's along the right track of like... It feels like they cast somebody to be funny, and this is somebody being funny. Instead of like... Somebody who's like sort of a cult of personality that whose energy can go through the character of Sonic and give him a one in a million attitude and person personality, which is kind of what Sonic should be. I mean, the whole premise of him existing is that while Mario was bland and just kind of like a hero character, Sonic had attitude. Sonic had a genuine personality and that was like the whole point. And now here it's just like, yeah, you do kind of have Sonic making jokes about The Rock as president and flossing. And it feels more like a product than just like this Sonic being basically video game Flash. Yeah, okay. All right. Like they give him the actions of video game Flash, but not the tone. He's a little bit, he's kind of, he's a little bit of an, a child with, you know, so like he's a little bit of a child with an attention uh, attention disorder. Yeah, which is gonna be Instead weird once a... Tails comes in because Tails is an actual child. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, gonna be an interesting cocktail having Idris doing doing a probably probably a more mature Knuckles to a Sonic that we've seen is very much a child, and then Tails who's gonna be even more infantilized. What I'm really interested to see is where they go with the sequel in the sense of like you said I really 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 fucking hope this doesn't do a Transformers thing where we keep having to check in on human characters like no if you wanted to do that honestly the main human character of Sonic should have been a fucking kid that's I my agree. thing um kind of the same thing with Transformers yeah <laughs> Um, which I don't think I really touched on when we talked about Transformers because there were so many other things to talk about. But, um, yeah, it's like my main issue with this movie is that, like, okay, you've now set up, like you said, I agree with you. This is the tricky part because I agree with you. By the end, this is now a franchise that I'm interested to see where it goes and I'm in. I'm, I'm interested, but... 
I feel like this whole movie was just a complete botch of the first introduction to like the Sonic character because I think the sequel now kind of has to play a little bit of catch up to like give Sonic more of a definite personality and introduce Tails and possibly not yeah Knuckles and you have to because I don't know if they're gonna bring Robotnik back or if they're gonna do one of the many other types of enemies but like I want that to be the focus and oh that was one note that I that I did say is I did like the payoff of the guy being named Agent Stone and rock connaissance i thought that was brilliant um and i also like seeing him more like his actual self at the end of the movie i'm like okay cool that's part of why i'm like i'm here for this because now jim carrey looks like eggman robot yeah and and is as crazy as he should be and i'm like great i love this this that's that's like part of the whole setup that's one thing i will actually stick up for this movie on because everyone was freaking out about how jim carrey looked and I'm like, this is the origin. This is the first yeah. one. Did you think, what, Robotnik always looked like this? Probably not. Like, And especially in the trailer, in one of the first few handfuls of trailers, like, they do tease that image at the end. So I'm like, guys, you can literally see he becomes more like Eggman in the movie. So, um... Yeah, so that's all my stuff on Sonic. Honestly, yeah, it's not the most offensive thing in the world. It's by far, far and away not the worst thing that I will watch this month. Um, I think actually so far every movie I have seen has been worse than this. So <laughs> technically speaking, yeah, this is kind of the front runner so far. I'm guessing you haven't watched Suicide Squad yet? Well, I'm in for the podcast. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm. I know I have to watch Suicide Squad, but I haven't really watched any DCEU since Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Or Wonder. No, Wonder Woman. Wonder. Oh, Woman. you haven't even watched. You haven't even watched the Snyder Cut. Jeez. Um. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm not doing a. I'm not doing a tangent. One okay, day. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, this movie, I'm just, I'm just gonna. Do you have anything before I go into the plot? Um, well, I, we should probably give a little bit of a history on our our history with Pokemon. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. You're right. Um, from the beginning, uh, we are the exact ripe age of Pokemon <laughs> <Yep>. being something <laughs> in our lives. Pokemon came out right at the red and blue came out right at the moment when we were like cognizant we were the generation that got pokemon cards banned on school grounds yep uh because older kids were trying to trade blastoises for squirtles for uh for weedles um was the old adage where it's like oh big kids are tricking little kids and that's the problem it's like no you just don't like kids to have like something they're obsessed with and not focusing on school that's really the reason um which has been parodied to to Kingdom Come in Won't pop culture. someone um, think of the children? Yeah, this dumb moral panic over <laughs> things like Pokemon. Um, and I really, I love Pokemon. You know, I, we, I, I'm, I don't know if you ever went through this, like the whole like as they got more into like the DSs, and I stopped buying those consoles. I didn't play them for a while, and then when emulators became a thing, and uh, around like college. Um, downloading emulators and then proceeding to play every game that I hadn't played. Still to this day, the only one I have not played um, is Sun and Moon because I can't get a good enough emulator to 
like I can't get a good enough computer to emulate it. Um, but I've played everything up until that point, and I I bought a Switch largely to play Sword and Shield. And I really hope they do what they did with Super Mario Bros., which is they do like a wide. I know they're gonna do like the re-releases, like with uh, Diamond and Pearl that are coming out. And I really like the direction they're going with Pokemon Legends and the open world stuff. I think that's really fucking cool. Um, and a great like future thing because it worked for Zelda and they took the time to do it. So I'm like, okay, cool. It'll work for this. Um, and I really hope that they do like a package thing where it's like, these are the original graphics and we're just repackaging them to be in the switch. So I could play like the original diamond and pearl, the sun and moon X and Y in like a package deal for like 60 bucks. And I'd be like, yes, I'm so down for that. I would absolutely buy that. So I can actually play those games. What's your history with the TJ? Um, my history is similar but slightly skewed in funny ways, I, I think, personally. Um, because, yes, we were the perfect age. Uh, I had slash, I'm pretty sure, still have Game Boy Pocket. And I know for a fact I still have Pokemon Blue. I still have my original copy. I never beat it because I was a child with a child's attention span and I don't I think the kids that did catch 150 Pokemon as children are weird because I'm like how did you focus on that for so long (laughs) whereas as an adult I played Sword and Shield and I was like this is a little too easy for me to get to fill out my Pokedex and then they have the whole thing where like unless you have someone with another version you can't get certain things and I'm like I guess that works because no one like only crazy people will the the new version of that is adults who buy both versions just to complete the Pokedex which it's not that it's not that serious guys um yeah it's it's not that big a deal um and I've never played like online battles because I'm just like "Eh, I don't like because they have to like they have to like limit your rules and every Pokemon is like automatically level 50 and stuff like that. It's like, I don't like that. I've never liked battle tower, uh, like versions, uh, like the post game kind of thing. I've always hated those. Uh, and so like, yeah, there's, there's equivalents today now of those kids. As there always is. Um, (laughs) but also like there is, there is something to be said. I do have miss. I do have nostalgia about it. I will never do it because it's impossible to go through the game this way. But like, just getting the Pokemon you think look cool. That's that's what Pokemon's about is you're, when you're a kid. And then you don't beat the game because your Pokemon suck just because they look cool and they're not that great. Um, and then as you're at, when you're an adult, it's like, I'm going to stick with this Bidoof because it's got Hyper Beam. Uh, and you're just like, this, this looks like a stupid-ass team, but it's well-balanced and it works for the game. So, yeah, I, I played Blue. I did play Blue. I know I played blue. I never beat it and never really continued the mainline series because I was poor. Uh, <laughs> the The closest I got was Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium 2. And I played the shit out of those. Uh, Hell yeah. The min- mainly the mini games. Everyone shits on Pokemon Stadium because, like, it's not real Pokemon because the battle system. I'm like, no, nah, fuck the battle system. You play it for the mini games or you don't play it at all. <laughs> like... <laughs> I actually, I've actually always debated 
my real fantasy in that is I, w- I debated about getting like the Poka, the Pokemon Tekken, where it's like the fighting game where you actually pilot the Pokemon. Oh yeah, Pokemon. I've always, yeah, Pokemon. I've always, I like, that's something that's been on my mind of like, oh, do I want that? I don't really like fighting games beyond like Super Smash Bros. So if it's more geared in that way, I think I'd like it. If it's more like, like the Dragon Ball Z fighting games or Mortal Kombat, I'd be like, meh. Um, cause that's always something I'm like, where it's like, I want to play, I want to play a Pokemon game that is, I'm bleeding. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just saw a big gush of blood from my from my thigh. Um, <laughs> you better keep that in. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, laziness always prevails. Um, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I I've, I want to play a Pokemon game that is like open world. Like every single area is like the wild area and you have the towns and you have the battle system and you have the story. And when you use moves, you get to pilot the Pokemon. If you can come up with a game that is all of those things, you will have satisfied the deep desire of Pokemon. I mean, well, first off, y- y- you said with the story and I-, I would just like to add the cu- the little asterisk. Please be a good story where with actual decisions that matter, please. None of this, like, you get two choices of yeah. dialogue that basically mean the same thing. No, no, no. Fuck that game, freak. No. You're going to call yourself an RPG? A JRPG? No. No, no. Give us actual, like, characters that we can play. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah. I played Blue. Uh, watch the original animated show, uh, the anime show. I mean, who did? Um, but, like, never really continued along with it. Like, I was very much dipped my toe into it. I was like, okay, I see what that's about. And I still like it. It wasn't I got out of it because I didn't like it. It was because I was a child and Digimon happened and I was way more into fucking Digimon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. But Digimon, Digimon is about the series. Pokemon is about the game and all extensions of it. Because as we are having this conversation, I'm just really thinking about like, I was coming into this, like talking about my history with like the games, but I was like, I did have Pokemon cards. And like, I did try to play Pokemon cards and I traded Pokemon cards. And then there's the anime and then there's the movies. One of my birthdays was to see Pokemon uh, 2000. Like... It's the anime movies before the live action movie. There's there's just so much Pokemon. Pokemon is there is the Pokemon company makes Pokemon with Game Freak. Like there is a whole industry for this thing. Whereas Digimon, the shows are always better than the Pokemon anime. But there's no good Digimon. But there's no good Digi. I had Digimon trading cards, but like I was I was just about to say, I'm like. I know I had, like, maybe a handful of Pokemon cards. I had an entire binder of Digimon cards. I don't know why I was this kid, but I was. And it explains a lot about me today that for some reason, while everyone's talking about A, I'm like, but what about B? And <laughs> and then Yu-Gi-Oh! started, and I inevitably got into Yu-Gi-Oh!, but it was lo- it was also the same thing as... Pokemon of just like, all right, this starting to seem cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at something else. See <laughs> see now I want revenge. I wanna make you watch the really weird Digimon I did. movie. You think I didn't? No, I wanna make I wanna do it for oh, like an episode. Well yeah. I mean Cause that movie is weird. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Um 
but also we're anyway. also opening ourselves up to watching the animated Pokemon movies, which oh, and ranking them, which obviously oh. there's so fucking many. Every time there's a legendary, they they now make a movie. <laughs> even if even if they introduced the legendary that like ten years ago, they will then make a follow up. Like to the point where Volcanion has a movie, and I'm like, I've never even seen anybody have a Volcanion. I've never seen it in Is the that game Gen 5? because it's like a DLC. I don't even know because that name might be like Gen Six or something. At the fuck all. It is a it is a water fire type, which like doesn't exist. Um. Anyway, we're 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 getting off track here. We're talking about a movie. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Let's talk about I, the movie. This is why I lobbied to have Pokemon come last, even though we usually do chronological. Because I'm like, we can actually talk about Pokemon. <laughs> Right. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's an well, awful thing. But <laughs> I, 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 but I think on that note that Pokemon is so large that like I actually think that despite if you if you have the same criticism of Pokemon of Detective Pikachu that you do of Sonic of like why this story, I think there's room for a live action like based around the game, based around the trainer's journey movie, as well as continuing with with the Detective Pikachu, I just think that maybe in our brains, the order of seeing those kinds of stories was reversed. Like, I think we all expected to see a trainer's journey story in live action before we ever got the city-based human human interaction spinoff. And that they just kind of flopped the order in my brain. And so that's kind of where we step into Detective Pikachu, which is very much more a story about, like, Pokemon person relationships within the real world of Pokemon. And shall I go into it? So, yeah. Um, you want to you wanna try? Yes. Oh, I, I think I can do this very well. Um, because in a way, it's kind of the plot of Zootopia. Um, I don't know if you ever noticed that. Um, so we get Tim. Tim is played by Justice Smith. Uh, Tim is, uh, a guy, we kind of open up with him, uh, with his friend who is Dupinder from Deadpool. Um, and, uh, his friend is like, hey man, we should, you know, try to get you, well, I should, I should say this. There's like a big opening sequence of like, here's our setting. It's not like Kanto. It's not Hoenn. It's this other region. And there's this thing called Rhyme City, which is made by it's well, no, no, the, oh, okay, the, cool. the um, one with the the senior talking about the Cubone, it's heavily implied it's Sinnoh because he has like a poster of the Sinnoh, whatchamacall. So. Oh, okay. Non-Pokemon fans are just going to be like, fuck, whatever. <laughs> um, so, so we're in this region and Bill Nye's character, Clifford, uh, is his last name Clifford or first last name Clifford? Last name is Clifford, um, first anyway, name Howard. Last name Clifford. Um, Howard Clifford, uh, was this man who, like, fell ill and, like, was a billionaire already and then dedicated his life to, like, studying the relationship between Pokemon and his illness and then basically created a city where, uh, Pokemon didn't have to live in Pokeballs, they could live side by side, and there's no battling. So so everyone can live in harmony, and if you battle, it's all, like, out in the country or in different regions, but, like, in this area, there's no battling. And everybody lives kind of harmoniously, and everybody has, like, Pokemon partners. Instead of having multiple Pokemon, you just have one here. I don't know if that's, like, codified in law. They don't really talk about that. I don't really care. Um, Just outside that city, in a smaller city, is uh, Tim's character, Justice Smith, and he does not partner with Pokemon. He works in insurance, 
um, that it's a definitive decision by him and his friend in the very opening thing is trying to get him to catch a Cubone because he's like, well, hey, Cubone's lonely. It's the perfect Pokemon for you. Um, and they're making all these jokes about like, I'd really not rather not, you know, try to catch a Pokemon while it's crying over its dead mother. Um, and he ends up uh, not being able to catch the Cubone. The Cubone attacks him, uh, which kind of just reinforces his whole thing where it's like he's the only one who's still staying in town. Everyone else has moved on and either started their trainer lives or moved on to other things with Pokemon partners. And he lived with his grandma and his dad is kind of a, you know, they imply like a deadbeat or like not around. And it's like focused on his job and his mom has passed away. And so he gets a call. His father has died, quote unquote, died um, in the, in Rhyme City. So he comes to Rhyme City to collect his belongings from his dad's apartment and to, you know, basically there's no body. So like just do the ceremony for it. He meets his dad's uh, detective partner um, who's played by Ken Watanabe. And they just find out he died in a car crash it's all very sad. Well, he goes to his dad's apartment. He finds an interesting purple chemical, which is where we get into the Zootopia overlap, and a Pikachu running around. He accidentally inhales some of the purple chemical, as well as some apoms outside, these little ape guys um, outside who are on the scaffolding also breathe it in. The blue uh, gas makes it so that he can understand this Pikachu, who wears a hat, which is unusual, wears a detective hat, and is trying to investigate what happened to surprise his partner, Tim's dad. So they need to investigate. Pikachu believes that he is either not dead or that there's a bigger story there. The Apoms, after inhaling the gas, makes them go crazy. It makes them attack anything that they see. So they have a falling out with the Apoms and Justice Smith has this moment of like, can anybody else hear this Pikachu? And everyone's like, oh yeah, Pika Pika. They can't hear the Pikachu. So they partner up. They start investigating. There's another girl who works for the news network. She's just an intern, but she's very ambitious. Um, starts snooping around the story as well. And so they start to kind of cross paths as they both independently investigate this chemical, which is called R, which you think it would be Team Rocket. It's not. Um, it's like one of those Easter eggs that doesn't really matter. Uh, and so they track it to like the docks and there's some illegal Pokemon battles going on and the R is being distributed there so that Pokemon can become supercharged and super powerful and in a frenzied state. So after they have a run-in at this place where a bunch of Pokemon adjust to the R um, and they narrowly escape by evolving a Magikarp into a Gyarados, um, their trail leads them eventually to suspect the son of uh, Howard Clifford as the perpetrator and they go to this lab out like upstate. Uh, the lab is supposedly where they were holding Mewtwo and doing experiments on Mewtwo. And so they see uh, Howard Clifford uh, basically brings Tim in on the secret that they were trying to contain uh, Mewtwo and that they're the good guys. They go up to investigate uh, and they end up being ambushed by a bunch of Greninjas who are also experimented on. Um, they narrowly escape and they learn that somehow Pikachu, who has amnesia, and uh and Tim's dad were involved in the whole Mewtwo situation. Um, so there's a lot of confusion. Uh, eventually Pikachu uh, gets, you know, eventually faints, and then they need to rely on the other Pokemon to heal him. They bring him to Mewtwo. Mewtwo more or less reveals that he entrusted Pikachu to bring Tim to him, but surprise, surprise, Mewtwo gets captured by Clifford's company. 
Clifford turns out to be the actual villain, and he used the R to get Pokemon into a frenzied state, and when they're in that frenzied state, they can you can transfer your consciousness as a human into a Pokemon so that you can quote-unquote evolve. And he wants to combine everyone in the city with Pokemon using Mewtwo's powers and the R. There's a big, uh, a big parade that's happening to celebrate, like, Pokemon Day, and then uh, he... In the balloons are is the R gas chemical. He fuses a bunch of people. Um, after he's been fused with Mewtwo, he fuses a bunch of other people into their Pokemon partners. Pikachu uh, and Tim eventually defeat him uh, and the Ditto that's been posing as everybody uh, along the way and uh, separate Mewtwo from Clifford. Clifford ends up dying. Uh, and Mewtwo en- ends up saying, hey, I know that humans have been terrible to me, but maybe they're not so bad, and I will help everyone and undo what has been done. Uh, we learn that Pikachu is only cognizant and able to talk to Tim because he is actually Tim's dad fused with the Pikachu. And so they unfuse, and Tim decides to stay with his dad, even and put aside their differences and start a life in Rhyme City and start to like Pokemon again. How'd I do? <sighs> Two things. One, uh, it's not the gas that gives... Uh, Justice Smith, Tim, uh, the ability to hear Pikachu. It isn't? No, I get why it looks like that, because I also kind of thought that, but a lot of humans, like, get exposed to that gas, and it never happens to anybody else. Um, That's true. Um, I also was confused originally when I first watched the movie my first time around. I thought the gas was also capable of fusing them, and it wasn't until this time that I was like, oh, okay, Mewtwo does that after that point. Okay, I get it. Um, but again, uh, you know, after after all of you hearing this, I'm sure that you are all are now like, wait, what the fuck did they choose to do? And it's going to mean that my argument in my notes of this being a decent movie is going to be that much harder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, second, did you say that uh, Clifford dies? I thought he did. No, he goes to jail. Doesn't yeah. He? <laughs> OK, he probably Whatever. dies later. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. He was dying of a. Di- he was basically dying of like pokey cancer. Um, <laughs> what, is that the title of the episode? Is pokey cancer? Pokey Russ. <laughs> I got pokey rickets. God. <laughs> pokey Rona. <laughs> oh God. That's not funny. What are the oh are there mosquito God. Pokemon? Because mosquito Pokemon carry Poke Malaria. No! Um, <laughs> How dare you? Uh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, the plot's kind of crazy. It, it um, now that I'm realizing it, it's if, if you describe it as Zootopia, where in Zootopia they're trying to make the predators go crazy. It's like okay, they're doing the same thing with the Pokemon gas. Um, although there's all that it's, it's just that like when you loop it in with the lore of Mewtwo that you kind of have to know as a Pokemon fan, like, cause Mewtwo is the subject of the first movie that they ever made and yeah. like the, the big experiment at the end of the first game. And so it's like, there's a lot of Easter eggs that are like, oh, it makes more sense if you're a fan. And then there's a bunch of other Easter eggs where it's like, that's, that's just for fans because it's fun. Like the thing with the Squirtle squad being a firefighters and Snorlax blocking traffic. And there's just a ton of those throughout the whole thing of like, if you know this Pokemon, this is funny. And I like that. I like that about this movie. But anyway, let's try to do some more back and forth thing here over these notes. <laughs> so like with pretty much every movie this month, I tried to take notes and then I just stopped. <laughs> yeah, me too. 
So, um, I, I'll be honest. I was, I've seen this movie probably twice prior to this and I was cooking during the entire watch of this one. Oh boy. So <laughs> I just want to read the first line of this note that I took verbatim. This is verbatim what I've written. Okay. So dot, dot, dot boy, there's a lot. <laughs> Um, I took this note about, like, seven minutes into the movie. Uh, so... Okay. In addition to this being a a weird first story for Pokemon, I'll get to that later, the writing is already... I don't want to be mean, but it really feels like the writing is just bad out of the gate. And... I won't go so far as to say that Justice Smith is bad. I will, however, say that much, most of the acting in the movie is stilted, or it's it's just like that little bit off to where it keeps it keeps like tagging me out of the movie for a sec, and I'm like, okay. And the story, the story, like at the beginning at a point where it's like, I should have these things, I noted that the story at this point has no real actual emotion or intrigue yet. And that's not great because first impression can really make or break so much. Like, especially... I can't even imagine watching this movie not knowing anything about Pokemon, and they really just don't explain so much until, like, they get to a video news info dump. But even then, it's a lot of stuff that's specific to this movie's plot and not the actual, like, what the fuck are Pokemon? Like, are Pokemon, like... Aliens? Are they, like, substitutes for animals? Like, they're pets? But then do people not eat meat in this universe? Do we eat them? Like we usually tend to well, do? Well, that's, that's a larger Pokemon question beyond this movie. <laughs> that's been hotly debated. <laughs> for some, Pokemon are pets. For others, they are food. <laughs> I mean, they are... They are it, it was... I think that is that definition has actually changed over time because you see like generic birds yeah. in like the original anime like early on and then at a certain point it definitely shifts and you see them like eat fish. And so then it shifts later on to where they stop kind of eating animal based products and they definitely like stop doing other animals and they're just like all animals are Pokemon. Yeah, because they, That's just what they eventually are. hit the point of like, oh, we have like 400 plus Pokemon. We could probably just not do animals. <laughs> yeah, we could just populate the world with Pokemon. <laughs> um, Okay, what, what did I have next? God damn. Um, so like, I get it. I get that like the beginning is, my, my note on the beginning is like hashtag ambiguous beginning. Because I think they definitely were trying to lean into the whole like, oh, it's a mystery of what happened to him. And we're going to reveal bits and pieces along the way and we're gonna do some misdirects like we're gonna scooby-doo it a little bit where you're gonna meet some suspicious characters that are all gonna kind of hopefully come together and then they don't truly make it all come together in a way like you do get the payoff of like anytime you see anybody in sunglasses 
that doesn't take them off. It's actually ditto, which is, you know, a good use of the lore, but it does make things like confusing for somebody on the outside. And it also is an easy out for a problem you wrote yourself into. So like, I get that. Like, cause the one thing, the one job you have, I don't need to know a lot about, uh, Harry, Henry, Harry, Harry, Harry. I don't need to know. A lot. Of course his name is good man. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is Pokemon. Fuck. <laughs> Hi, rock type leader Brock. <laughs> Misty Lieutenant Surge for water and electric types. I never, that never bothered me. I don't know why that bothers you. I think no, that's No, it doesn't, fun. it doesn't bother me. The just, normal type gym leader is Norman. <laughs> because it's just like, yeah, Pokemon doesn't give a shit about names. They don't give a shit about names. They're like, what's the most obvious thing we can do? Just do that. It's not about names. And so here, good men is like, I mean, that's the most Pokemon thing you've done so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is that? That butterfly looks, but that butterfly looks really free. What are we going to call it? Butterfree. Jesus. So, <laughs> so I don't need a lot on that. It. Ape has a palm. What are we going to call it? A palm. I don't need a lot about Harry. I don't need a lot about the villains. I don't need a lot about really the, mystery plot or anything at the beginning the only thing the one thing i need i need you to give me a reason to give a fucking shit about the main character of your movie and you can't give me that much and that's where i do oh boy i did care about it no because i think i think their angle here I mean, again, I think they're definitely relying heavily on people who are seeing this movie knowing Pokemon, because I think an intriguing angle off the bat is our main character doesn't like Pokemon. I think in the Pokemon world, in the Pokemon franchise, that's actually a good jumping off point. And then I think that I personally had a note where it's like, no matter how weird the story gets, I actually think it was decently grounded in like, he has a reason not to like Pokemon. He has a reason to like turn his back on his trainer background because of what happened with his dad and a reason to not like kind of trust his dad and to be reluctant to get into this whole thing. And then he kind of rediscovers through his whole journey what he liked about Pokemon and having someone around and like not just being a loner about things. Like I actually don't dislike his arc in this movie. So my thoughts on that tie into something that we're going to definitely get into a big tiff about later. So <laughs> I will table that. Is it about Mr. Mime? What? <laughs> no. I don't know. That was, I, I liked the Mr. Mime sequence. I thought that was very funny. I will table that uh, for later. But um, the next note I have is funny because I had this thought and then realized I said it last time. This has big fan film energy. Okay, yeah. Which is literally what I said about Street Fighter, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. But while Street Fighter was funny and over the top, this is taking itself a little too seriously to be funny. It's also just not good enough to also just kind of sincerely be taken seriously. Well, they definitely rely on the fact that Pikachu is I didn't I didn't trust in the beginning Pikachu being voiced by Ryan Reynolds. It was very much like coming straight off of Deadpool one that it was like, we want 
someone to voice this character who can make our quips work and potentially add a bunch of stuff and like just be quippy and fun in that way. And we are going to ride that person's ability through all of the troubles of the movie. And that's very much what they did. That's why Ryan Reynolds exists in this movie. I don't hate Ryan Reynolds, but I can tell you this much. I don't need him. That's fair. I, yeah, there's a world in which you didn't, you could have done somebody else and not, and gotten just as good of a product. if not better. This is really just, it's nothing personal. It is just tone. It is just, it is just the tone of his voice. I, it just, it's not weird enough to be like funny that it's coming from a cute little Pikachu, but it's also not, it doesn't fit Pikachu. So it's also, it's just like, yes, that's Ryan Reynolds. I'm yeah, sure. But I don't believe this Pikachu is a character. Uh, I believe it's a vessel for Ryan Reynolds. Um, you can call me biased. You can call me biased. I don't give a fuck. Well, it's it's interesting that they want to make a sequel to this when they, you kind of can't. Like, you would have to justify putting Ryan Reynolds back in the Pikachu. Well, no. I mean, you can just do a different story in the same universe. You just couldn't call it Detective Pikachu, which... Right, exactly. Which then what, fuckers? <laughs> but, um, I was saying, because I, that wasn't my, that wasn't what I was trying to say. I was like, I, you can call me biased. You can call me biased all you want, because I feel like Trev will, and I feel like so many people that listen to this, that have listened to this for a while, will call me biased. I don't care. I would have much preferred John Mulaney play Pikachu. That would have <laughs> actually been fucking funny. <laughs> I also, but I, but I do think that if anybody even remotely tried to approach him on that, he'd be like, you want me to play what? <laughs> You want me to play I, who? John Mulaney. John Mulaney was busy being an alcoholic when Pikachu became a thing. You want like, me to he play was in high what? school and college <laughs> when when Pokemon came out. So like I think that like whereas Ryan Reynolds like has a daughter that probably played it, and then that's one of those like celebrity ins where it's like, yeah, my kids play it, so I want to be this character. Um, Pikachu. Whereas like John Mulaney is very much like. Like the story where John Mulaney's friend slams the bottle of 40 on the ground and yells, Scatter! was probably happening around the same time that we were trading Pokemon cards. So I don't know if that this works. is just This is just from voice quality. This is just from like, if I imagine Detective Pikachu, what that should sound like, not as a joke, sincerely, my my thought goes to something that sounds like John Mulaney. That's why I'm like, you can call me biased, mean- but like, it's also just like, yeah, that's what probably what I would think of. Somebody with a higher register that can kind of be a little emotive and kind of funny, but also pretty genuine, deceptively genuine. You're talking, you're talking about Meowth. No, Meowth is a, like, that's a joke character. <laughs> like, Oh, no, sorry, no, no. Nick Kroll would play Meowth. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> I, immediately, yeah. I immediately bail from this topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, take it away, because I literally, I actually really don't have anything else on this movie. I think you're totally right. It is totally a fan film. And as I'm sitting here, I'm eating crow, just being like, yep, it's not, it doesn't make a total bunch of sense. But you know what? 
I really enjoy watching these Pokemon on screen. I like when a Loudred turns into a dubstep uh, machine. I like when, you know, we see different Pokemon doing different. I like when we see the uh, Panguru. Uh, is that the, wait, no, that's not the Panda one. Pangoro I like when we see little pandas Pancham. in the park. Pan- Panchams and Pangoros, uh, you know, running around the park. Like, I, I enjoy those moments. And so I'm, I'm just kind of like, you know what? They animated them gorgeously and I enjoy the movie. So, like, it's it's all you at this point. But not to put a spotlight on you, you're welcome to have whatever feelings you have. But I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm not going to think too much too much harder about it. I just enjoyed it. All right, folks, you heard the man. Trev's checked out. It's time. It, this podcast has now become mine. So- oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Time to shit on Detective Pikachu. I've been waiting two whole years for this. That Pikachu That Pikachu's going to be brown at the end of this. <laughs> Might as well be. Here's my first piping hot take on this movie. I don't like a lot of the designs on the Pokemon. They look dingy and ugly for for most of them. It's weird. Why did you do this? Why can't they just be colorful creatures? Why do we live in a post-Dark Knight world where everything has to be grungy and gritty when we put it into the live action? Because you know what? The fucking Bulbasaur and the Squirtles, they look fine. They look a little too lizard-like, but you No, no, fine. Like, you could just have them look cute. I don't know why Jigglypuff has to look like, like, an abomination, honestly. Like a live-action version of one of the aliens from Lilo and Stitch. What have you done? I just, why does everything need fur? There's so much fur on everything. Some Pokemon can just have skin. I'm so torn on the design of Charizard. Are you sure? I was going to say, are you sure you want all Pokemon to have skin? But like, I'm, because we had skin on Mr. Mime, and that pissed off a lot of people. That was dodgeball skin, and you know it. <laughs> it has the skin of a dodgeball, <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't look. If you weren't sure on how to do Mr. Mime, fine. You had, you didn't have to. You could have done Alakazam or Kadabra. Or Abra, or any of them, any of them, any of the other psychic Pokemon in like any other gen. But you chose Mr. Mime. You did. You wanted to cash in. Well, we had to imply that someone's mom was getting fucked. You wanted to cash in on the recognizability of Gen 1, so you picked Mr. Mime, and you wanted to have the nice, cute little mime scene, but then you also didn't know how to design Mr. Mime, and it's clear, and apparent, and weird, and ugly, and unsettling. It's mostly unsettling than ugly. Like, but I also don't, I don't know how to feel about Charizard with actual lizard scales because it's like fair but also no because now this but you want him to just be rubber it just have to be rubber it could just have skin or it could have less pronounced lizard scales because it feels like they just upped everything to 11 on the realism scale and I'm like look these are still fantastical creatures. They can still just look like fantastical creatures. You don't have to make them look like lizards. I thought we learned that in 93 with Super Mario Brothers. Like, what the fuck? You d- that is not the same thing, and you know I'm it. just saying this is the 2019 version of that. <laughs> 
You could say I'm out of line. You're out of line. This whole court's out of line. You can't sue me, De Niro. But that's not De Niro. That's Pacino. <laughs> this is what happens when I try to riff off script with... <laughs> It's okay, TJ. You can't handle the truth. Different movie. Fuck. I know I can't. (laughs) So, okay. Okay. That's all that. That's all well and good. I feel like Tim never really gets, for me, personally, he never gets to a point where I'm rooting for him. I never care about Tim for the whole movie. And... This is where, because a lot of people love, whenever there's something about a performance, they immediately blame the actor. And I will not, I'm always like, the actor's the last person. It is the last line of defense, basically, for a performance. The actor should be the last person you blame, because here's the thing, they were cast, so in that case, you should blame the casting director before them, and they were directed on that day to do that performance, so also blame the director, and also, there are multiple takes, so blame the editor, but like, everyone immediately jumps to the actor, and I'm like, that's, there's so many other things to go, so many other things to do before blaming the actor. So I'm going to leave Justice Smith alone. I will say I have just the base feeling in my gut. I feel like Justice Smith purely was just kind of miscast or it's just the weird character. It's just a weird character to do for this movie specifically because there's not a lot of he doesn't get a chance to be likable, really. Like, tradi- from a traditional sense of what you have to do in a movie to be likable, he really doesn't get a lot of chances. He's either bitter or angry or still grieving and sad, or he's just taking out his emotions on other people. None of those things are likable, but they're relatable, sure. They're, you get why he's like that, but none of them are likable. So why would I like this character? It's a recipe for disaster for Justice Smith that I will not blame him for because I'm like, yeah, dude, you were just kind of dealt not a shitty hand, but like a weird hand to play for this movie, for this one movie. And it kind of circles all the way around to another big issue I have with the movie, which is that it's not terribly fun. (laughs) It's not a fun movie for the most part and it's a pokemon movie i'm like you've played pokemon right for you maybe i mean i don't know what is fun about it what is fun about the movie i think that the i mean like i've said yes it's a fan movie so i think that the references are fun um i think that the relation i think that their relationship is fun i think that I actually enjoy the relationship between Pikachu and and Tim. Um, I think that seeing the Pokemon use their abilities is fun. Um, I think exploring this world is fun. Yeah, just because we don't like ride, just because we don't like ride a Pidgeot through like a crazy sequence of events doesn't mean it's not fun. And to be fair, I've never, I've, I haven't explicitly asked for a Pidgeot flight. Although we did tech, didn't we get that? 
Yeah, yeah, we got, I mean, briefly, but that's during like a climactic action scene. I'm, I'm talking like, I'm talking like fun side quest kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, just because I say this because right when Lucy's introduced, I pinpointed a very basic issue I have with the movie, and that is that Lucy's lines feel like they could be at home in a mainline Pokemon movie, like a mainline Pokemon game. Like, they're over the top, they're dramatic, they kind of remind me of Looker a little bit. Like, it's just, like, super pointed and over the top, and it feels like an anime. It feels like anime lines, but they're delivered realistically, and they're reacted to somewhat realistically on the on the behalf of Justice Smith, and that's the disconnect for me. Because I'm like, look... If you're going to do an over-the-top character, I need you to go all the way and make this an over-the-top character, and I need you to make this universe a little bit over-the-top. Like, a lot of people... And this is where I now reference a movie that I have personally not seen. But once I say the movie, you'll know that like just seeing visuals or little snippets of the movie is enough. Like, basically, everyone cringes at the thought of the Speed Racer movie. But how the fuck else do you do a Speed Racer movie? It's bright and colorful to the point of parody. It is ridiculous. It is wildly over the top. And so is Speed Racer. So what the fuck is the problem? That's what I'm kind of... I don't need Pokemon to be Speed Racer. But, like... This is a story about fantastical beings with, like, ungodly abilities that fit in your fucking pocket and you fight them for fun. I need this to be a little bit more crazy in certain aspects. And that's not the same thing as making Torterra's the size of, you know, whole cities. That's not really quite what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for, like more pizzazz i'm looking for like more personality i need this to be a universe where team rocket can exist and jesse and james can just pop out of a fucking alley and start their banter and routine like i think that is a fair criticism that i think if you were to do anything it shouldn't have been clifford it i mean it would have given it away and it would have been harder to hide the mystery because we all know who team rocket is but it would have been nice for clifford to be like and these are my associates from team rocket um, similar to how like Marvel will be like, these are guys from Hydra. Um, it's like that, that would have been a nice, like, especially if you're going to do a sequel, a nice tying in where it's like, okay, cool. We can have this world where rocket exists and maybe it's not the main villain of this one, but it's there. Honestly. And I agree with that. Honestly, I don't even need you to go that far. What I really need is like, if you want somebody like Bill Nye to build, to be your villain for this movie. It's fine as long as he is the hammiest motherfucker and quaffs his hair, throws off his jacket to reveal like a double vest of Pokeballs and has a fucking anime battle to close out the movie because this is Pokemon. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the over-the-top Bullshit! I am here because that's the shit I put up with in every game. It's the shit, like, nobody nobody cares about Team Rocket. 
in the original games, or any games for that matter. Team Rocket has never been like what anyone plays Pokemon for, but they're there, like they're part of it. That's just part of the experience. Part of the experience. Side is, side note, yeah. I've actually played some very fun Team Rocket based uh, fan made games where you play as Team Rocket and can steal Pokemon. Those are very fun. Yeah, Pokemon. that's like a lot of people have begged for like mainline actual like game freak made versions of games where you play as Team Rocket because, and this very eloquently leads into my biggest issue with the movie is that like once people played mainline Pokemon, they wanted a variant where they could play as Team Rocket because once you establish what the franchise is, then people are curious on all the different versions of it that you can make. So why in the first live action Pokemon movie have you done this spin-off game adaptation which to my knowledge doesn't actually ad- adapt like the game itself just the name and kind of premise and it's like if you were building a house and you picked out all the furniture before you actually build any of the foundations of the house. It's like, okay, yeah, that's all well and good, but, like, but like we actually kind of need this shit first. Like, it's just, it's not like it's, it's not like it's utterly insane. It's not like it's unspeakable to do this. It's not why the film failed. It's not particularly even why I don't like the film as much but it is weird it is odd because I'm like a lot of this stuff works better if you already established this universe if you use honestly whatever region you want it just kind of makes a bit more sense to start with Kanto but whatever like if you do a quote-unquote regular Pokemon movie first and then maybe, like, one or two more to establish that it's a franchise. But, like, if you do that and then do Detective Pikachu, having a character that doesn't like Pokemon now actually kind of means something to the average viewer who may not know anything about Pokemon but may have seen the regular Pokemon movie where the protagonist of that movie and the rival treated it like it was the... Mo- it was the it was like as necessary as oxygen to be a Pokemon trainer, and then you have a movie where somebody's like, I mean, I don't really care about Pokemon. It's just like, oh, well, this is different, and like the way that Tim comes off doesn't feel like the protagonist, which ordinarily would be f- would be a problem, but it is fine. If he feels more like a rival now, all of a sudden, sure, then you can have fun with that concept of like the guy's kind of bitter and, you know, grief has changed him in ways that nobody really expected. And he's kind of cold now and a little bit harsh like that can all work again if you kind of establish some things first and then you have the freedom to fuck around with it and play with it. But the way it is now, this is it. This is the baseline for everything now, for casual audiences and for this universe they've made. 
they've now made the baseline that Rhyme City is just, yeah, that's what you compare everything else to now. And Rhyme City is the exception to the rule. Rhyme City says there's no battles, there's no trainers, there's no Pokemon, like, uh, sorry, Pokeballs. That's literally like a paraphrased line in the movie. And I'm like, now this is the baseline. Everything else outside of the city doesn't operate like this. <laughs> so, well, what happens when we do have a Kanto city and people are like, oh, wait, so this isn't like, oh, so Rhyme City, what was, what was up with Rhyme City? And it's like, you could just have switched these. I, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird. It also would have helped scenes like the one with the Cubone at the beginning of the movie where that's the first time we see someone ever try to catch a Pokemon in live action. Versus if you have an entire movie setting up what it's like to genuinely catch Pokemon, and then you have this scene, again, it's the same thing of, like, it's the subversion. It's the subversion of the expectation. But the expectation needs to be there before the subversion works. And now I can feel the hot Cheeto breath of every Pokemon fan. (laughs) On the back of my neck. Well, I think it just—I think it just goes back to my point. You're—you're you're making a point. You're making a point that, in terms of creating live-action Pokemon as a franchise, that you can't rely on all the knowledge of the games to really successfully pull off the movie. And I think that's a fair criticism. I just think that there's plenty of people who that doesn't matter for as much because they do know the games like I I think that's truly just the dichotomy so like to I will speak on your behalf to these fans breathing cheeto breath on your neck that like he's TJ's not wrong but that doesn't mean you can't like what you got right that's also fair I would never yeah I would never say that you can't like Detective Pikachu like I did but I would question why you like Detective Pikachu not in a judgmental way but in a curious way because I'm like I watched this movie and had very little to like grab onto, figuratively speaking. Like, yeah, I think we, I think we chipped away at this movie way more than is ever necessary. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, this is this is Pokemon's Iron Man. That remains to be seen. Again, again, I think if you did have a quote unquote regular Pokemon movie or two, and then you did this one, that would be a genuine thing of like, well, we don't really need to look that deep into Detective Pikachu. It's just a spinoff movie. Like, I think it being the first one almost guarantees that we will have to kind of, like, look at this a little bit closer, closer than we should. Well, I also think that there was a world, even though it is getting a sequel and they're definitely capitalizing on it, I also think there was a world where they were like, mm, I'm not sure if this is going to have a sequel. And we would rather just tell one self-contained story in one particular city in one corner of the Pokemon universe that maybe be slight would be slightly different from the rest of the, you know, the rest of the franchise. I think they do, I think they made that choice. And now I think if they're going to make sequels, they're kind of ruining that choice of being so hyper specific on Rhyme City doesn't have Pokéball really like mandates. There's no leash law in Rhyme City because of how we 
you know, operate and things like that. And so making that a point of this city, but not other cities, I think, yeah, that's, that's a choice that they now have to deal with in a future iteration and choice choices to rely on the source material being known versus not known again, a choice that they now have to reckon with in the future. I will also say, this is a thing that I kind of thought about while, while right after I finished the movie, but I've just now seriously thought about it. And yes, I would have actually liked to have flipped Lucy and Tim in this story. You li- Sorry, say that again. I would basically have liked this movie better if it was Lucy's story, but Tim oh, yeah. is a crucial supporting character. Yeah, I get that. Because she's definitely more a detective and more into it. That She's not the reluctant protagonist. Yeah, I think her personality and her relationship with a Pokemon better fits the universe, but then you get to still also deal with that wrinkle of like, what do you mean you don't like Pokemon? What do you mean you don't have a partner Pokemon? Like, you can kind of poke at that a little bit while still establishing the status quo of the universe that, yeah, you should have a partner Pokemon. Um... And just like, yeah, I thought that her character was desperately trying to set a tone that the movie never really jives with. I liked her. I genuinely liked her character and her energy and the urgency and the verve of that performance gave. But the rest of it wants to kind of be a moody, you know, like somber maybe a little harsh and a little jarring like take on a Pokemon movie. And I'm like, I got to admit though, I do kind of like one over the other. <laughs> I I would not in a million years ever classify this as moody or dark. <laughs> I think it's dark in the sense that like, it's not dark in the sense of like, trying to be dark it's dark in the sense of there's just not enough light to make it anything other than that like it's a movie that talks a lot about death really openly and also talks about a not quite but kind of deadbeat dad and like a strained parental relationship in general and like it's just because of the fact that there's not a ton of like break from that that I would consider it to be like that's also kind of why I kept classified as like it's not that fun of a movie because it always comes yeah it always comes back to these topics and yeah there's Ryan Reynolds doing his shtick but Ryan Reynolds is also like main character B so he also has character shit to deal with and amnesia and actually is in peril a lot so it's like he can't quite a hundred percent make the movie funny on his own he has his own shit to deal with so meh okay well that's this week also fuck Ash <laughs> catch him he's a terrible Pokemon trainer <laughs> yeah he, no Ash is a bad is a bad Pokemon trainer the fact that he finally won the the um Ugh, spoilers Alola league <laughs> um Sp- uh, spoilers by the way <laughs> which is not saying much because it's a different style of of league based 
play. Fair. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not a very good Pokemon trainer. No. He wants to be the very best, and he really never will be. <laughs> Red, on the other hand, is destructive. King shit of um, fuck mountain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's literally on the mountain. <laughs> oh my god. So oh, this was a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I honestly didn't expect that much detail out of you, quite frankly. <laughs> that's why I was. That's why I was like, I was keeping them on purpose. I'm like, I have more things than just the one, just than just the one criticism. Um, and I've thought about live action Pokemon a lot, like a lot. Um, because it's something I think they can do. I don't know if it fits movies as well. That's just a fact of the matter i think it will always fit series better than movies but yeah you know it is what it is it's like mass effect it's like people talk about a mass effect movie trilogy and i'm like no if you ever see a mass effect movie run they have butchered that thing to all fucking hell (laughs) you can only do mass effect as a series but (sighs) i mean all things said, despite all that, this is still probably the the, the these are still probably the best movies we're going to get this month. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic. It still remains to be seen what that new Laura Croft is like. But since I haven't heard enough about it, it's like I'm not too confident about it because I feel like people would Me have either. talked about it if it was good. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and then it doesn't seem like they're going to make more. So. And then there's the most recent Mortal Kombat, which I have still yet to see. Me either. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anything else on these very interesting movies, Trevor? No, nah, I'm just going to go play video games. I'm either going to play video games or I'm going to bite the bullet and watch Mortal Kombat. One of those two. Okay. Either way, I'm not terribly optimistic. <laughs> so, All right, buddy. Oh, boy. Well, we had a, quite a few uh, spicy takes. I don't know if I would call them hot takes, but quite a few spicy takes here. Uh, what did you guys think? We put some red We put some red pepper flakes on that magic card. Some red tonight. pepper flakes, some white pepper. Hell yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about cumin for Molly, but this is enough. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what did you think about our many opinions on these two movies, or on any of the movies so far, and uh, the ones to come about in this video game month of September? Let us know on Instagram or Twitter at Red Team Pod. Uh, check out our website, redteampod.com, to. Check out any previous episodes or to vote on uh, which uh, to vote on a fan vote for which uh, show we might do at the end of the month. We do a TV show review every month. Reject or renew. Uh, It's coming up, folks. It's coming up. It's not going to be May. It's going to be Schitt's Creek season two. Uh, Stay tuned for that in a couple weeks. Um, But yeah. Until then, uh, I've been TJ Patrick. Baker, Baker. We never said.
We never said we were going to do Pokemon sounds. <laughs> I don't even know what so- what sound does Umbreon even make. What what sound does Litten make? Victory bell. Uh, do- victory bell. Carp, carp, carp. Magic carp, carp, carp. Magic carp, carp, carp. Tiggly dig, diggly dig. Trio, trio, trio. <laughs> All right, we will mercifully end this for you. Trevor Catalano, bye.